eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, May 28th. Happy birthday, Uncle Lou. It's also one of my ex's birthdays today, but you know, I have such bad relationships with my exes that I I would not wish this person a happy birthday. I don't want to actively engage. You know what I mean? Are you actively engaged with any of your exes, Mark? Do you ever hear from them like every so often does someone come popping up and be like, "Hey, how you doing?" But it's not a big deal for your spouse. All right. He says, eh, she knows it's fine. Um, why do I ask that? Because we're going to be having some pretty awesome conversations this weekend. Get ready for a three-day interview special for the long holiday weekend. It's going to be fantastic. That's all I can tell you. It was probably one of my top five interviews that I've conducted in my career, in this in this career, um, because I love this person so much. So you'll hear about it tomorrow morning. For now, let us do what we do best, which is answer your financial questions. Let us know what's on your mind. Just send us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. If you are on our website, because you are maybe making sure that you subscribe to our podcast or you want to sign up for our free weekly newsletter, whatever, if you're on the website for any reason, just hit the contact button. We will get you. Bruce writes, I just listened to your Friday, May 21st episode of Jill on Money, and I heard the listener's question who is weighing four-year college versus community college. All right, here comes Bruce, because Bruce says, I work at a community college, and I serve many students who are at four-year colleges and universities, but take community college core classes here and there to save money. That's such a great idea. Perhaps it would be helpful to share this suggestion to listeners who might be making these decisions 
as they can still attend their favorite Big 12 or Pac-10 college and root for the football team, but save a little money on the English and math class through community colleges. That is such a good idea. Mark, I didn't think about that. Now, the thing is, Bruce writes, they need to make sure with their four-year schools that the courses are transferable, of course, but my school where I work has these arrangements with essentially all four-year colleges in our region. Bruce, great, great comment. Thank you so much. I I love that. That's a great strategy. You think you got to, like, oh, I got to take calculus. I'll tell you something. Wherever you're taking calculus at your regular school, it's still boring. I mean, except for math nerds like me, which I loved. Mark thinks it's hard to convince the student. What about if you took it over the summer? Could be a possibility. I don't know. Paul writes, I'm 62 years old. I have a river source multi-index universal insurance life policy. I currently pay 235 bucks a month for a $350,000 death benefit. Cash value, including the surrender charge. So, you know, basically, if you get rid of a policy before a certain time, sometimes you have to pay a fee. That's called a surrender charge. Here for Paul, he's got 52600 bucks. That's what's in the policy. Recently received notification that the $235 monthly premium with an interest rate of 5.28% is projected to terminate earlier than the policy allows in 2052. Oh boy. One option, increase the premium to 330. Um, should I increase the premium? Look for another policy, cash out the 52 grand. Appreciate your feedback. Well, let me ask you a very important question here, Paul. Do you need life insurance? That's the one question that is not actually addressed here. So I need to know who's relying on your income or for your life, because this is a policy that stays in place for the whole life that you are you know, with us, or is this for some other reason? Is it to provide liquidity in your estate? Is it to help some other members of your family? In general, I'm inclined to, if you don't need insurance, to get rid of the policy and grab that cash value. But we need to know what it is this is insuring for. And if you don't need insurance, don't have insurance. Okay. Uh, by the way, sometimes insurance cash values when you just blow out of the policy, sometimes there's a tax event. So we want to make sure of that. Evan writes, love the podcast. I'll get right into it. I'm 27 married. I'm an engineer. She's a teacher. No kids yet with a big exclamation point. Uh, they make $115,000 together. They have a mortgage with a remaining balance of $150,000. They've got $50,000 in other debt from student loans and car loans. <sighs> All right. Um, he contributes 7% of his 401k, and the company matches 60% of the first 6%. It's got 20 grand in there now. She does not contribute to her retirement plan through work. She's a teacher. She doesn't have a retirement plan through work. She doesn't have a pension. Does she teach in a private school? They've got uh, a Roth IRA through Betterment, and it's currently worth $10,000, and they've got cash savings of $12,000. Okay, here's the questions. We've recently been building our cash savings and not been contributing to the Roth. Should we continue to prioritize cash until we have six to 12 months available? Yes, you should. Absolutely. Okay. So yes, the Roth is going to, the growth of a Roth is great, but let's get your safety net in place. Then you can go back. 
Would you recommend building up the cash Roth over paying off the non-mortgage debt? Here's what I would do. I would make sure number one is have your cash savings build that up. Number two would then be to not necessarily pay down mortgage debt, but would to be paying down the consumer debt. So car loans, I don't know what the rate is. Student loans, when the rate goes from zero to whatever it is, that's what I would do next. And then I go back to actually maxing out the Roth. Third question is about a refi, 4.685%, 28 years left. We can refi at 3625 Should we consider spending cash savings now or add points? We'd save money over the life of the loan. Forget about the life of the loan. Here's what I want to know. How long are you staying in this house? If you're going to stay in this house for some period of time, then you're going to look at your payment. You're going to say, what is the break even? How much, and, and again, and how long it takes for me to recoup the fees from the actual refi, okay? That would be the most important thing you could do. Oh my gosh. Okay. So most importantly from Evan is that they had photos of his three foster babies, puppies, um, during COVID, one at a time. They've got three dogs and cats of their own. They couldn't resist helping out amazing animals. I'd just like to plug the hundreds of wonderful people who work with animals in need. It's our responsibility to take care of these animals that we've domesticated. It's heartbreaking when people neglect them or abuse them. Mark, I see your dog. Do you know who I think you should get? Yeah, you, Artie. You get Artie. There's Artie, there's Eddie, and there's Charlie. I'm going to say Artie is yours. Thank you so much for writing. Appreciate it. And thanks for doing that work. It is great. My sister just rescued a dog. She's in love with it already. Okay. Here is a question from Bill. He says, I'm overweight in a single stock. This happens. I know. It does happen. Let me give you the the the, the digits here. He overweighted Domino stock. It's up 2,200% since he started buying it in 2007. It now makes up 20% or more of my portfolio. I'm looking at reducing my exposure, but I will end up taking a five-figure capital gain. Is there an easy way to settle this with federal and state tax authorities? What do you mean? You think you're going to negotiate with them? <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm willing to pay. I'm willing to pay. Okay. First time taking a large capital gain, anticipate doing more this year. Well, look, the highest capital gains rate that you could potentially pay would be if you were making more than a half a million dollars. I don't know if you're single or not. But if you're single, it's over 445000 So potentially, you might be paying, if you're making that much money in income, 23.8%. Maybe you're making more like eighty to five hundred grand if you're married filing joint, forty to four forty-five if you are single. And if that's the case, your top capital gains rate would be 18.8%. All right? And that's not a lot. So forget about negotiation. Just do it. Just pull that back so it's, you know, no more than 10% of your portfolio. And that's what I would do. That's an excellent point. I, I, I've forgotten my great advice. Unless you're charitable and you want to use a donor advised fund, gift the stock into the charitable fund, and then you will not have to pay capital gains at all, but you do have to give it away. So I don't know if you need the money to live on or not, or if you need the money as part of your overall retirement or any other savings plan. You didn't tell us too much about yourself, Bill, but if you started buying this in 2007, I don't know how old you are, but you know maybe you need this money. But if you don't um, and you are charitably inclined, go for it. Kathy says, I'm planning to refinance my house. 
The current rate is 4.125%. And I can refinance for 3% or less. I'm going to roll the closing costs into the new mortgage, plus the cost of some home improvements that would drain my savings if I paid outright. I can't decide if I should borrow for a 20 or 30 year term. Right now, I've got 20 years left to pay in my current mortgage, but that lower payment on the 30 year is tempting. Okay, I think it might make retirement more affordable. I'm turning 60 this year. I would like to retire in five to six years. I'm divorced, so I have to give my stinking ex-husband part of my pension. (laughs) Should I borrow for 20 years and pay less overall 30 years and ease my monthly budget? What do you think, Mark? You want to do 20 or 30? I think 30 and a peace of mind as well. I I think 30, even though there's no way you're going to have this mortgage for 30 years, okay? But I like a lower amount that gives you flexibility. It's about options and control and flexibility. And I think the 30 will give you more of that. If there's something we're missing, absolutely let us know. But otherwise, I think you're in good shape, okay? All right, that's it. That is the program. Um, As always, we would like to ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to leave us a review or a rating. Mark says it helps. And pass this podcast along to somebody who you think might benefit from it. You can just actually send them to our website, to jillonmoney.com, because right there on the front door, we have a link to be able to subscribe to Jill on Money. You can get us wherever you get podcasts, wherever it is. Last day that I'm saying it, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, do something nice for someone else today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.